Hi everybody, welcome to Play MST for me. I am Jason and I am joined with my pal Nick Rehack. Hello, Nick. Welcome hey, back. Hey man. Hi, welcome hello. back. Welcome back to our little show here. Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. before we have commercial sign, I wanted to ask you, Nick. Um yes. the movie we got today involves somewhat of a treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you, would you ever go on a treasure hunt? Yes. In a heartbeat, I would. Okay. Like, no matter where it is, like, not even, you know, it, you know, not even if it's, like, you know, not in your hometown, if it's anywhere. Like, you got to, like, Indiana Jones it. You got to, like, fly to different continents. and. <laughs> yeah, I'd be for it. Okay. I, th I, I think I would be for it if I had a little financial assistance with it. Okay. And as long as it didn't go to anywhere too cold. That's my – I'm okay with extreme heat, but mm. cold, uh, pass on the cold. I'm very much a really? shorts kind of guy. So if I can stay in shorts, I'm happy. Okay. Now, do you wear the shorts even when it's, like, winter outside? Are you one of those no, guys? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm, I'm, I enjoy my shorts, but I also like being comfortable. Okay. But know that when I have pants on, I'd rather not have pants on. That's prob That's fair. Okay. Um. No, there are those guys who like it's like below twenty degrees outside. And I don't understand like, it. They're wearing shorts. Yeah, and, what are you doing? And people, and some some of them, they're like wearing like the hiked up like running shorts. It's like weird. Yeah, not even <laughs> like like a five inch inseam. Not even like a sweatpants short no. or a jorts. No, like, no. nope. We're skies out, thighs out. Apparently. Uh, it's the uh, it. If you ever looked at like old basketball footage from the 1970s, yes. those shorts were really high up. It's those kind of shorts that those these, yes. these guys are out running around in. And I say guys because women are smart and do not do that. Yeah, no, not at all. They are always now, bundled up. I if I'm know I'm going from my house into my car and then into someone else's house to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, I might wear shorts because I'm just, you know, small pockets of cold. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But if I'm, like, out and about and, like, actively at no pants. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. No, um, I can't. I can't. I'm hot all the time. I'm hot mm -hmm. right now. And, and But if it's cold outside, no matter if it's, like, below 30 degrees, I'm mm -hmm. still wearing pants outside. Like, I'm, I can't do that. Um, yeah. Now, what's weird is I could go without a jacket, or I could wear a light jacket if it's, like, 20 degrees outside. I can get mm -hmm. away with, like, just a hoodie. Okay. Because, um, again, I'm always hot, but I would never wear shorts when it's cold. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter, you know, it's got to be, like, 70 and up for me to wear shorts outside. It's got to be 50, 55 and up for me to wear shorts outside. Okay. 40s, because sometimes the 40s don't really feel like the 40s. But if, if we're like below free, if we're once we start seeing like consistent 30s and low 40s, sorry, pants on. If it's like if it's like like February like 17th and it hits the 40s, then yes, I will go crazy and probably wear a shirt because it's gonna feel like fucking spring like hit for like, some who knows what reason. <laughs> it just does. That. It's like it feels like okay. it's 90 degrees outside, but it's really just 42 outside, <laughs> and it's like holy shit, get the short uh, short sleeve shirts and the shorts out. Let's do this. Let's go for a run. <laughs> I, I don't run, but <laughs> um. I think I would go on a treasure hunt. I think I would do it. I, I'm up for a little adventure. Um, if someone was like, you know, hey, we got to go to, like, the banks of Ireland or something, and there's, like, you know, a treasure chest supposedly buried in the sand there or something, I'd Indiana Jones that shit and fly yeah. across, you know, the Atlantic. Just right there. And yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm down for a good treasure hunt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And, any other besides the cold? Is there any other stipulations you would have, or is your cold like that's it? I'm willing to go into like, you know, undiscovered territory. No one's been yeah. in these jungles before. Um, you know, John Wayne Gacy is popular in this area. You know, the typical, <laughs> the typical, <laughs> the usual thing you run into. Yeah, I I would like to think I would be, cause cause why not? I'm very much a uh, the wife doesn't like it, but every so often it gets brought up that if NASA were to ever come to the front door and knock <laughs> and say, you know, Mr. Rehack, we need you to go to Mars. I'm sorry, I'm going to Mars. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. hanging out. I'm going. And she wow. hates that. She does not like that. Wow. Even though it'll never 
ever, 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 ever happen. Uh, I have a better chance of, you know, watching an, an episode of MST3K here and catching the time in the lower left corner and it matching the exact same time as when I'm watching it. <laughs> I have a much better chance of that happening than NASA coming to my door and okay. saying, hey, you got to go. Now, there was that period where, like, you know, Elon Musk, before we discovered he was an idiot, um, mm -hmm. was going to send people up to Mars. But, like, mm -hmm. their stipulation was you're pretty much there on Mars for the rest yeah. of your life. It's mm -hmm. there's no there's no it's a one way. Yes. So even in that case, would you go? Even in that case, and wow. I make that a point too, which is a little mean. At that point, it's mean spirited. It's not like fun and goofy anymore. Wow, you're just basically doing uh, Matt Damon in The Martian at that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm just Martianing. See you guys. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. I don't know if I would go to Mars. Like, if I could come back, if it was like, if it was a total recall situation where I could come back, I would do it. I don't know about going there for the rest of my life, like. Earth is bad, but it's not that bad. Where I'm, I need to go to a to another planet for the rest of my life. I'm 43 years old. That that can, that's still a long time. You know, the rest of my life. You know, you got at least another 45. Yeah, yeah. So you know, maybe get me when I'm 80. Mm -hmm. and then send me to Mars, and then like okay, okay, a couple of years, and then bring all this age and wisdom with you, and and you know how on Earth when people die, they want like a Viking funeral where they put them on a boat, do that, but in space, you just let me go, launch me, fire <laughs> me off. <laughs> God, that'd just, be just this old eighty-two-year-old ass Jason Soto just floating <laughs> around in space, and <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Several years, several, several years later, you hit a satellite somewhere near Earth, and that's just it. Verizon is done, dude. Yep. I knock out all communication satellites for like six months. Gone. It's like my network runs on CDMA. Not anymore. You're done, mm, son. Yeah. Look at that. I bought about the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. All right. We have commercial sign. Everything we do here at Rabbit Hole Podcast is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods and try it absolutely free for 30 days. You can download any audiobook, original show, or podcast that you want. And after the 30-day trial expires, you only pay $14.99 a month. And you get more content from Audible. So if you decide to cancel any time, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So why not give it a chance? audibletrial.com slash rabbitholepods. When you use that link, you help us out here at the network. So thanks, guys. Thanks. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. For one single dollar, you can become a Patreon member. Check out certain episodes, certain, uh, exclusives, all kinds of cool shit that's over there. Um, you can join our Discord. You can join us when we go live on Twitch. Whatever the case may be, patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. And a huge, huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You guys are fucking awesome. Thank you for doing what you do. Hey, Nick. Hey, Bubba Weed. Hey, did you know this, the song Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel? He, he was actually talking about his penis. What? The whole time? Yeah, it's, you know, he was talking about having sex. And, and did you know that... Uh, the song Blinding Lights by The Weeknd was actually about driving under the influence. Under the influence? I figure driving because of the lights, but under the influence as well? And did you know that Weapon of Choice was actually about Dune? No, no. Now I know you're lying. It could be. And uh, at Lyrical Innuendo, we actually discuss these songs and more and decide if they are really about sex, drugs, or if they're just rock and roll. And you can find the newest episodes on Spotify and everything else at rabbitholepodcasts.com. Okay, our episode today is we are taking a look at episode K04, Gamera versus Baragon. Nick was excited for this last week. Let's see if that excitement continues. We got movie sign! <laughs> 
Okay, Gamera versus Baragon? Uh, it's from 1966. This is the sequel to the first Gamera movie, which was called Gamera the Giant Monster. Now, oddly enough, next episode of this podcast, we will be covering that movie. Why they went out of order, I don't know. Maybe they just <laughs> were grabbing tapes. Maybe this was a favorite of someone's. I don't know. But they started this Gamera run with the second film, and then it just goes out of order from there. It doesn't even go in sequential order. I don't know why. Nice. They must nice. have their reasons. Or I'm they, sure they don't. Or I'm sure they're just like, hey, Gamera versus Baragon. What the hell is a Baragon? Let's find out. Um, so this is, a, this is a sequel. This is the follow-up to the movie. We get snippets of the first movie. Um, where Gamera shows up in Tokyo, he's stomping around, he's destroying buildings. They come up with a plan to put him in this, like, weird capsule. Like, this egg-shaped <laughs> round capsule. Because <laughs> he's a turtle. I should probably maybe explain Gamera. To anyone who does not know, if you're not familiar with Gamera at all, he is a giant flying turtle that spits fire when he flies and when he flies, he spins in a circle, and he's just a turtle. He's just mm-hmm. a giant, radioactive monster turtle. Um, he has a following. Nick, would you agree that Gamera like has a character, has like a following? It is very niche, but yes, there is a following. Like if you're a fan, you're a fan. It is not a casual like you. You know it. Yeah. Uh, Gamera ha- definitely has his fans, um, and the and the the, vi- the Venn diagram of Gamera and MST fans is pretty overlapping. I will <laughs> I will say that. So um, so that's so we get clips of the first movie, then we get to this movie where <laughs> an asteroid hits that little egg shaped thing, um, and releases Gamera. And he just immediately comes back to Earth and starts stomping around. But never mind that. We have to get to our main plot. Which, believe it or not, there is a plot to this. Um, see, what I kind of like about the Gamera movies is they do try to have a plot. Whereas, yeah. like, Godzilla, and maybe this is controversial, are largely mostly plotless. Until you get to, like, the 70s era of Godzilla then it's like they try to shoehorn in a story, but otherwise Godzilla is just... Godzilla is stomping around Tokyo. There's another monster stomping around Tokyo. They fight. Godzilla loses. The monster stomps around some more. Godzilla wakes up. They fight again. Godzilla wins. Godzilla goes to the ocean. The little plot wraps up. Mm-hmm. You're done with your Godzilla movie. Yeah, that's it for the most part. But <laughs> a Godzilla. A Godzilla movie. The ones I've of- seen. There's a lot of changes in there, too. Some of the plot, as it has gotten into the 70s and 80s, it started progressing more towards uh, government control groups, more conspiracy theories and thriller types, Um, especially when you get into, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. Those films do not hold up with CGI at all. They're bad. But it's like a good good bad kind of. Okay. Um, But, yeah, you're you're not far off. You're not but far off. The Gamera movies early on do try to have some minor plots here. And mm-hmm. our plot, and I'm going to be going on this for a little while because the movie goes on this for a little while. Uh, we focus on three guys. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I'm 100% honest with my audience and with Nick and with everybody. Thank you. I tried my damnedest to find names for these people. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure they were saying names. And maybe it was just the copy that got uploaded to YouTube when we watched it. I don't know what it was. I could not make out anyone's names except for the woman whose name was Karen for some reason. Yeah, that Des- was the only <laughs> name I caught. I was like, what? That's her name? Despite being from a, like an island, like a native island who has never left her entire life. Mm-hmm. And her name is Karen. But okay, we're going to go with that. So what I did... Just so when I can talk about these guys to make, you know, have differences. I don't know what you mm. did, but what I did is these were the names that I assigned him. And hopefully you know who I'm talking about. We have our asshole leader guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have our hero guy. Mm-hmm. And then we have the expendable maybe comic relief guy. 
Uh, and then I there's... like that you use the term maybe comic relief. <laughs> there's a scene. There's like one that. scene that made me go comic relief question mark, but otherwise he's just kind of there. And then we have everybody else. We have the military. We have relatives of the exp- of the expendable comic guy um, that all show up and eventually. And then of course we got Gamera, and then we got Bear Girl. So that's our cast. So. That's what I'm going to be trying to reference when we're talking about this. So, asshole leader guy was a prisoner of war on this island, and he remembered hearing about a legend of some giant opal that lived somewhere on this island. Once he got freed and came back to Japan, he was trying to go get that opal. So, he talks to one guy who says, hey, my brother... And his friend could probably help you. And this ends up being the hero guy and the expendable guy. So then their plan is, we're going to go to this island. We're going to find this opal. We're going to be whatever Japanese version of a millionaire is. I don't know what how the money transfer works. I guess works. you wouldn't say a, a yen? A yen? A yen and air. A yen and air. Yen and air. <laughs> a yen, yen and Yeah. Who wants to be a millionaire? You'd be a millionaire. You'd be a millionaire because you'd have a million yen. Yeah, but that's also like, isn't that just like twelve dollars? <laughs> that's not really helpful. Yeah, the exchange rate does work out kind of weird, doesn't it? Yeah, so I don't know. Seven thousand yen. What? Yeah, seven dollars American. Oh, okay. yeah, yep, yep, yep. So here's what I like. So they come up with this plan. They're going to go to this island. They go onto a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. Now, the asshole leader guy <laughs> is, like, resting comfortably in a cabin, whereas the hero guy, the expendable guy, they have to be the crew. Somehow they got roped into being the crew on this ship, and the asshole guy did not have to. <laughs> And there's even a scene where they're like mopping the the floors, yeah. and the asshole guy comes out, and, and you know they're like, "This isn't fair. You get to like lounge around all day, and we gotta do all this work." And the other guy, the asshole guy, is like, "Hey, it's just three more days." <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that much worse. How many days has it been already, man? It's been way too many. It's just three more days, and then he even tells them, "Go clean my bathroom." <laughs> Yeah. He's gonna go play poker. I'm like, what the fuck? After he just got done, probably having a rough time in there. Seafood can do things to you. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, they got scurvy for sure. <laughs> so they arrive at the island, and they uh, are immediately greeted by like the natives. And it's like when you think stereotypical natives. This is who greets them. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like people in the headdresses, the colorful headdresses, and they got like the colorful skirts, and they're dancing around to like a tribal song, and then these guys show up, and they're basically like, you know, hey, don't worry about them. We're gonna just go to this cave and get this opal. But then the natives are like, no, you can't just do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's our opal. You can't just steal our shit. But here's the thing: everybody besides two people on this island. Do not speak English. There's a guy who I found out was a doctor. Um, he was a doctor there, res- you know, residing to help them out. He was like the old guy with the hat and the beard, so he spoke English. And then there was Karen, who was this really youngish, maybe twenty-looking, really cute girl, who somehow spoke English. Like, and I'm again, I'm saying English. It's dubbed. It's a Gamera movie. It was originally Japanese, so. Take English with a grain of salt. Um, and she's speaking English. And so they're telling him, they're telling these guys, you, you you shouldn't go there. That's, you know, our legend. You know, we have a legend there. If you go there, you're going to have bad luck. You're going to fuck things up for all of us. <laughs> and then Pretty the guy, much. the asshole guy fucking pulls a gun and he's like shooting it like fucking Yosemite Sam. Like a maniac. It's like, what? This guy this went from zero to about 75 really aggressively, really quickly. And yes. part of me, I'm like, are they Japanese or are they American? Which one are they? On this yeah, did an American like, write this script secretly and just gave it to the Japanese? And they're like, eh. Then we went to this island and just took what we just, wanted. And, and then... shot a gun in the air several times. And several we took, times. And we took your hot woman on top of that. Uh, 
So they they ignore their device. They go to the caves. Now in the caves, um, they're looking for this opal. We get a, a clue that things are dangerous because there is a uh, scorpion that they find, and they kill it. And then they're like, "Oh, that scorpion bites you. You're dead immediately." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Hmm, right, that's that's a that's a that's check off scorpion right there, <laughs> uh, winking at us <laughs> like, hey." <laughs> <laughs> so they find the opal and it is this big giant opal thing um kind of bigger than an ostrich egg and you know maybe egg is the appropriate term and um has their they're you know celebrating this uh the expendable guy who i dubbed in the comic relief because he does a weird thing in this scene he he celebrates way too hard He's and he's like like saying shit like ha 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 in your face to like random people like I'm a millionaire I can't wait to live the rest of my life as a rich guy I am gonna die old in a mansion with a bunch of babes hanging around me I am gonna own all the stocks and buy buildings Meanwhile a scorpion is crawling (laughs) on the back little by little getting up there and asshole guy sees this. He's just like, yeah, get him. <laughs> so this tells me his plan was probably to just kill these guys all along. Yeah. Um, and this was just a very convenient time for asshole guy. Mm-hmm. So the scorpion eventually attacks the expendable guy, and he dies within minutes. Um. The hero guy, he's grieving. He's like, "Oh my god, my friend!" And you know, and then the asshole guy's like, "Well, whatever. He's dead. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here." Too bad. So sad. Then he goes, "I'm gonna see if there's more opals. You can stay here. I'm gonna go look and see if there's more opals." And so the hero guy stupidly <laughs> lets mm-hmm. him do this, which leads to asshole guy blowing up the cave. And then who knows what happens, because then a series of mysterious events happen. The asshole guy is suddenly on a cruise ship going back to Japan, and he hurt his foot. So the ship's doctor puts a heat heat lamp in his room to to, to warm treat up. the athlete's foot. Yeah. Which was I found interesting. I even wrote it down. I was like, infrared for athlete's foot? <laughs> athlete's foot. <laughs> And then I wrote, the thing I wrote was he was complaining about a fever or something, and a doctor was like, oh, it's probably just malaria. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> shivers are a mental sign of malaria. Shivers, that's what it was. What? Yeah, yeah, shivers, yeah. Can <laughs> you like, just be cold? Like, like, no, but they're so blasé about the fucking malaria. Like, last I checked, malaria was a fucking deadly disease. Yeah, you can't not just great. See, you, you can't just, just get the shivers either. Like... <laughs> So I wrote that down because I thought that was hilarious. And then the um, whole exchange with the lamp is really funny because he's like, you know, hey, if you want this uh, infrared lamp, infrared, infrared lamp, lamp, let me know. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, just tell me if you'd like to use it. And the guy's like, yeah. <laughs> the, the ADR is so horrible. And you can tell that they're just like, just keep going with the scene. Like they're yeah, like yeah. they have an idea. It's a Christopher Guest film at this point. They have an idea. <laughs> They know where it starts and where it ends, and hopefully, as they talk, it matches up. I now want Christopher Guest to direct a Gamera film. Uh, let's make right. that happen. Let's make that happen. Twitter. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, the other weird, mysterious thing that happens that never is explained is that the hero guy gets rescued from the cave-in by the by the natives. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he got rescued because they made it look like that cave-in was a cave-in. Yeah. And they made it sound like those natives were too scared to go to that cave. So why were they there to begin with? And how did they get him out of that rubble? None of it is explained. He's just suddenly back at the at the natives camp. And he wakes up and they're, you know, like, you know, oh, your friend left and he probably stole the uh the egg or yeah, they they don't say egg right away, but they're like they're like, Yeah, he he left. He left you for dead. And then he's like, "Oh, great! He got the opal." And they're like, "That's not an opal. We got to go get it back because it's gonna, it's you know, the world could be in danger." So hero guy and Karen end up having to go back to Japan to get the asshole guy. The asshole guy leaves the opal, but he doesn't know it's an egg 
under the heat lamp in his room while he goes to play poker because that's his vice apparently <laughs> we all got our vices it's like mm-hmm. i can watch this i can watch this egg or i can go play poker oh, i gotta go play poker you know feeling lucky uh, you know so the heat lamp heats up the egg and this hatches baragon onto the ship which then explodes the sh- ship almost immediately like he just suddenly grows like 50 feet like so from much the sudden. <laughs> I was just like wait what the fuck just happened I've seen this episode like this act this KTMA episode like three times now and I'm always confused by this this sequence of events like this chunk of movie is the most confusing thing I've ever seen because I don't understand how things are happening. It's almost like somebody is saying, okay, we need to get to the part where the two monsters are fighting each other. I don't care how you do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you explain it. If you got to skip over story, fucking skip over the story. Edit it down because this is how much time we have now. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it was like they put no thought into it. Just like get the egg from the cave to Japan. You figure it out. You're a writer. Go. You know? <laughs> and I think Joel even kind of winks and nods at it because somewhere towards the back half of the film, uh, there's a moment where he just goes, you know, you could really walk in on any point of this film and still have no idea what's happening. Exactly. And, and here's the thing. Like, um, uh, Servo is going on and he starts doing a bit and Crow does it with him and nobody addresses that statement. <clears throat> nope. It's like he says it and then we're just like, we all just kind of acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And then we keep going. I'm just like, all right, that was interesting. I wonder why they didn't play with that more or touch on it. And he was even just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Nothing. Just on to the next bit. I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so the the ship is gone. Everyone gets off. And the asshole guy still thinks it's an opal and still thinks it's now sunk onto the bottom of this river that they were, that they were on. And so then big massive panic happens because now you got Baragon who is a giant like a lizard crocodile alligator type thing with like Something. a like a like a long tail he's um, reptilian but in the wrong ways yeah like you know someone said you know give me a lizard but fuck up the features a little bit get that picasso guy on this lizard and let's yeah not as many scales make him weirdly smooth in some areas yeah and he's got to shoot a rainbow Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the most important thing that's the important help me if he doesn't shoot a rainbow (laughs) so help me yes you will be fired and never work in this japan again you better have hr on speed dial (laughs) shoot goddamn rainbows so he's stomping around. The asshole guy thinks the opals in the, on the on you know in the water. Uh, he tells the brother of the expendable guy, "Oh, he, he died. He died. So it was just tragic. It was so tragic. I'm so sad." And the other guy, the hero guy, he died too. They both died in the cave. There was a cave in. I was the only one who got out. I'm so sad. Anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> um, he accidentally asshole guy let slip that he did kill them. In a different scene, like later on, I'm just kind of flying through this. Um, he 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 lets slip that he killed the guys. He's like, yeah, you know, I killed the guys, and the the brother of one of the guys. It's like, I can't. What you killed him? Then they have a fight scene in their house. Um, and this is happening while they're evacuating Japan or I Tokyo. That was the case. <laughs> I'm sitting. I'm like. Should we be doing this right now? <laughs> no, they were evacuating on, right? because a fucking bear, like giant lizard reptile thing, is stomping on the city, and That's then thought. they're like having a soap opera in their fucking house. <laughs> The problem is, though, the fight that happens in that house, that's probably the best fight on it screen. It's better, than the, uh, it's better than any of the monster fights combined. Combined, it's better. I, and I'm I just was, like, this is bumming me out, man. I was enthralled by this scene when he was fighting. the. They were fighting, and then he, uh, he kills both the brother and the wife, and then he gets out because he needs to go get that opal. Gamera finally shows up, like, fucking 40 minutes later. And he fights Baragon for, it was like, not even five minutes, right? They were just fighting yeah, a little bit. Barely. And then... Slapping um, each other around. Um, Gamera ends up getting frozen. Mm-hmm. I, 
You know what? I guess a turtle can't be frozen like that. Have you ever seen a turtle in ice? Yeah, kind of moving underneath of it. Maybe not quickly, but they're scooching along. Now, I've seen Ninja Turtles on ice. That's a whole mm. different story. But I've not seen a turtle in ice, so I imagine, okay, that makes sense. They, he can't survive being frozen. So he gets frozen. And then in between that, we go between Baragon stomping the city and then um, the hero guy and Karen trying to find asshole guy, which they do. They have a fight scene, which was a good – I thought that was a good, cool yeah. little scene too. And they tie him up. They tie asshole guy up to like a post in like this house or something. And then they're like, okay, now we got to go stop this giant monster stomping the city. And Karen has this idea. She's got this comically large diamond. <laughs> I mean, like, comically large. Like, I don't even know how she had that on her. Like, that's how large this thing was. And it didn't impact, like, anything on her spine or her no. legs. And how she walked, nothing. It's no, just like, oh, yeah, this is a normal thing to have. This is a diamond. And she says if uh, you dangle this diamond in front of Baragon, it'll be attracted to it. And we're going to put this in the depths of the water so then he's going to drown. That was the plan. Mm. They do this, and it doesn't work. Baragon doesn't fall for it, and he ends up leaving. Asshole guy gets free, and now he hears about the diamond. Because <laughs> he's an asshole. <laughs> he, he only cares about giant jewels. Poker and giant jewels. If you can play poker with giant jewels... This guy is going to be happy until kingdom come. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so he hears about the giant diamond that they're trying to use to get Baragon to go into like the depth of the water. It doesn't work. The military even gets pissed off at her. And they're like, ah, we wasted time with your stupid plan. We're going to just fucking blow him up until he dies. And then they come up with this weird suggestion of like, well, Baragon was hatched because they used an infrared light. What if we put an infrared light on the diamond and then use that? And one of them went, oh, am I right, guys? Like, yeah. like, like dude, what? Why didn't we figure that? the craziest thing ever, bro. Like, we're getting paid to figure this kind of stuff out, man. And so that's what they do. And they, 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 they irradiate this diamond. But asshole guy... And I loved, I actually cracked up. He just moseys up to the fucking Navy's boat, climbs on board, and is like, I'll take that. Thank yeah. you very much. And then he gets back onto his boat, and nobody tried. There's a fucking military right there. Like, why didn't they shoot him? Why didn't they stop him? Just like, even what you talk about, like, how do you get on the boat so quickly? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck, guys? So, he has the diamond, but this gets Baragon's attention. And so, uh, he chomps on the asshole guy, thankfully, and the diamond. And so, with their last hope of stopping him gone, he's still moving around, destroying the city. But then Gamera, I guess somebody turned the weather on to defrost, because he starts defrosting. He's thawing out. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened, how he got... <laughs> Unthawed, but he got unthawed, and then we get our final fight. You know, with the two monsters at the end. If you've seen one of these movies, it's the same. They fight over buildings, throwing things at each other. Um, then eventually, Baragon wins. Or I'm sorry, Gamera wins. Baragon loses. What I was trying to say, and um, by drowning Baragon in like a lake, and then which was really aggressive. <clears throat> Oh, really? Yeah, no. I'm yeah. like, what? Like, you can't think of a different way to show it, like just the way his eyes are flashing like that. <laughs> like blood coming out. Like, yeah, it was what? fucking brutal as shit. I'm like, this, these... is, this is the 60s. Remember, remember, like, so and, aggressive. Yeah, and these are technically kids' movies, right? <laughs> yeah. And, like, technically? <laughs> yeah, just punching each other in the face, literally, while blood's coming out of nostrils. It's like... We don't bleed like that in this. What are you doing? No, yeah. It was, it was a fucking wild-ass death. Anyway, and then Gamera fucks off somewhere so he can show up in the third movie. Um, 
And um, the at the I'm sorry, the hero guy then like laments that oh, all my friends are dead and I got no one here. Well, <laughs> which this confused me because first they were like, you know, Karen was like, "You're gonna take me back to my village," and he's like, "Yes," and then he's like, ah, "I got no friends left. They're all dead." And she goes, "You are not alone." And then it ends, and I'm like, "Well, wait. Is she going? Wait, is she going back to the village? Is he going with her, or is she staying in Japan?" Like that ending didn't clear anything up. Like it sounded like they were gonna ship her back to the village, and then, and then she was like, "No, I want to be with you." But then it's like, "Okay, is he? Where's he going? Where's she going?" Like that wasn't cleared up. It just ended. Yeah, just just ended. And they're looking at each other, and there's no other yeah. words. There's plenty of time for follow-up. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> he no. could say anything there. Instead, they just look at each other. Yeah, and they then get... <clears throat> cut to water, and that's it. And that's the, that's the ending. Then um, that is the movie of Gamera versus Baragon. So, Nick, how excited are you for four more Gamera movies? <laughs> I'm. I've dialed back the excitement. Um, <laughs> And I think it's because with this, I just expected a little more creativity from the kaiju fighting or the monsters fighting each other. Um, Just because with Godzilla, a lot of the times the fights are very, very well lit. The uh, costumes and figures, the detail is better. And the action sequences are just more exciting because you see them from afar. And it could be the way it was cropped. Uh, in the show, but it just felt like everything was kind of zoomed in, and it was very dark and muddled. It was. And no, it was. Yeah. Kind of make some things out, kind of couldn't, and it took away from it a little bit. So I'm just hoping for a different setting on the next one. I'm still excited because I love monster movies like this. Uh-huh. Just okay. two monsters fighting, and a weird plot that, yeah, maybe it makes sense, <laughs> maybe it doesn't. But I'm here for it. Like I love Godzilla versus Biollante, and that's a huge like people don't much care for that one. But okay, I, okay, I love it, love it. Um, I the the movie left a lot to be desired. Um, there's there's a Gamma movie coming up that I unironically enjoy. Okay, and when we get to it, you will probably see why. But it's the most batshit insane movie I've ever seen. I really enjoy it. Um, I kind of like the weird little plot in this, that whole thing with the asshole guy getting two people to go to on a on a treasure hunt and then he ends up trying to kill them. He kills one. He tries to kill the other. Then there's kind of a chase. The guy doesn't know he has an egg. He thinks he's got a dime or a jewel or something and it ends up being the egg and he's the reason why this fucking monster is fucking stomping all over, you know, Japan or wherever. Um and I kind of I kind of liked that and I liked the the actual the human fighting. You're right. The human fighting scenes were way better way than better. the monster fighting way better. scenes. Yeah. Which is really disappointing cuz this is a monster movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I felt like Gamera and Baragon like barely fought and it wasn't like evenly matched like it was no. Baragon had the advantage in the beginning and then Gamera did at the end and that was mm-hmm. it and it was like hardly anything worthwhile happened during these fights no no but rise the, no fall just kind of like plateau yes but the human fights were fucking awesome the yeah, little fight good. scene in the in the house the hero guy is wearing gloves for some reason and he's punching the guy and they tie him up to a post for some reason like it's all yeah, I, I like those scenes better, and th- this plot, you know, um, was okay. It, you know, it, it it was it was entertaining. It kept the movie going, um, and uh, I wasn't as miserable as I was the other times I watched it. But I think it's because I knew what was happening. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So the movie is okay. It's not the worst thing. It's definitely not the worst thing MST3K is going to touch. It's, it's better than Mr. Rounds from Mars, that's for sure. 100%. This is an improvement. Um, but, yeah, that's my thoughts on the movie. Do you have anything else to add about the movie? Not the episode, the movie itself, Nick? Not the movie itself, no. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about the episode then, shall we? <laughs> So, uh, 
as I said last week, um, this is tech, this is the fourth episode. <clears throat> um, we do not have episode three. Nick and I are gonna. Ah, there's our scavenger hunt right there. We're gonna go look for the third episode. There That's it is. Treasure. It's writing itself, <laughs> Jason. It's writing itself. This is destiny, man. <laughs> it is. So um, we had to skip episode three to get to episode four. Um, and so this episode took place um, on the uh, was uh, aired on December fourth, nineteen eighty-eight. And what was cool is you got to see the actual call letters for mm-hmm. KTMA. Um, there was no ads in this video. They cut the ads out, unfortunately. I would have loved if the ads were on just to see 1988 local Minneapolis just to, just ads. See what's <laughs> what fast food joint just opened up? What grocery store is having a sale on briskets and pastrami's? Like, what was coming on TV later? You know, yeah, I was, I was hoping, but no, there was no... No ads, unfortunately, but yeah. So this is um, <clears throat> so in the last episode that we did not see, they set up a uh, voicemail hotline uh, for uh, people who watch the show to call in. Mm-hmm. And I have to love that somebody at this point had the foresight to record this episode. Because, again, you know, the first two episodes that we covered, that was Joel who had those episodes, and he gave those to us. The third one is missing, so now we got the fourth one, and this was the very first one that anybody ever saw for the longest time. So if anyone wanted to start with the KTMA era, this was the one they started with because they did not have those other three. Um, which is fascinating unto its own right because it starts it with with the, the hotline. Yeah. <clears throat> And um, Serval's voice is not the normal Serval's voice in this episode. I also noticed that. I'm like, that's weird. I don't care for it. Um, I think that's because uh, the puppeteer who does the voice, his name is Josh Weinstein. Mm -hmm. Um, He was, I guess, playing around with the character or maybe couldn't settle on Still trying to nail down. Yeah. And so that That was what he landed on in that episode. And... I know I've seen the next episode coming up, but I don't remember if he fixes it by then. I guess we'll find out. But um, he does tinker around with Serval's voice a bit until he settles on one voice, and then he stays that voice for his remainder of time on the show. Um, But yeah. um, Another interesting thing about this is we learn there's writers because we see ending credits. Mm -hmm. And I was always under the impression that this was improv as they were watching it on yeah. the show because it has that feel right you you picked up on that like you oh, know absolutely especially make a... some of the way the bits go you can hear the other person in their mind they have two punchlines ready to go but they're waiting for someone to set up the joke and it's not coming so they mm-hmm. have to find a way to like push those punchlines in there without the setup yeah you can hear it when mm-hmm. it's 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 really fascinating and um, it always has just like it had that feel also because um, one of them, like either Servo or Crow, would say something and Joel would just laugh like it's the first time he heard that. Mm-hmm. And Which now I either like. either Joel is a great actor <laughs> or uh, they are improvising this on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end credits of this episode, we get end credits now. Um, we see there's writers. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm I'm almost wondering if it was just like, we're going to watch this. We'll make some notes. Like, you know, um, one of my favorite riffs um, was during the part when uh, Asshole Guy is on the boat. And he had to like, he had this um, container that he was hiding the egg in. But mm-hmm. he said it was the ashes of his friend. And then some other guy in the ship was like, oh, I'm so sorry you lost your friend. I'm going to give you flowers for him because that's so sad you lost a friend. And then um, asshole guy, after all the debacle with the egg hatching and everything, he's like, take the container. It's just it's, it's just ashes of a pig. Yeah, pig bones or something. I was like, what? And then I think it was Servo who said, your friend was a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I was. I actually had to pause for the video, the video for a minute because I was laughing so much. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. That was a great line. Um, 
Um, okay, so the riffing in this, it's still a little sparse, but mm. it picked up a little from what we've seen. Yeah. What you do? Did you pick up on that as well? It picked up a little bit, not as much as I was hoping. And they introduced something that I hope is a bit further down. Okay. Because it's got like the perfect setup for it. I forgot exactly what uh, part in the film, but I wrote down. Uh, I think Joel says that he seemed like a nice guy at first, like they the way they all said that, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's gonna show up again in this show. And it didn't, and I was a little disappointed. I'm like, okay, maybe it's like they hit it once a show, and that and then like the crowd goes wild kind of thing. Like that's the <laughs> okay. moment they're waiting for. Okay. So okay. I'm 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 kind of Babe Ruth in it. I'm calling it, but I, I hope I'm right in that. Okay. Like that comes back because I think it's a really good bit. It is. That was a good bit. Um, when it, yeah, that yeah, that is a good bit. Absolutely. Uh, I will keep mum. I will let you discover that when we okay. continue on with this. Um, but yeah, that that was good. Um, but yeah, the the riffing is starting to sort of pick up again. It's not. It's not the level that I will know it to be eventually. Yeah. But it's better than what we had in the two marionette films where there was not a lot of talking. Yeah, um, the last one, Mr. Ons, that was <clears throat> tough because it it was very, like, bare bones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this, I need a little bit more. I don't want that. They don't need to talk during the entire film, but I, I need more than just, like, right. Uh -huh. And it's it so it it picks up it's picking up and so what I think is happening is I think they're starting to pivot from their original idea because so I th I think the original idea was we're gonna just be like a TV host where we're like you know a Svengoolie or an Elvira or we just show mm. the movie but we just happen to be on screen watching it we're not gonna say a lot we'll say a few things and then somewhere along the line they're like you know what it, people seem to like it when we say stuff. Yeah. Which leads me to the segments in this episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they set up this voice line and they start playing calls. So one of the calls, um, the one is, they start, <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, 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 you got, no, you're good. Oh, okay. No, I'll say no. Uh, yeah, the, the first call is some guy who does not understand what's happening with the show. And he's like, Hey, I like the movies you guys are watching, but those guys need to stop talking. Yeah, like they're in junior <laughs> high school. <laughs> yeah. That's how old you know the show is, because they say junior high school. They don't say middle school. They say junior high school. And the call before that, the woman was like, oh, yeah, me and my sons watched it, and we had a lot of laughs. And Joel's like, that wasn't even one of our better ones. Okay, <laughs> movie sign. Like, yeah. Um, it's so absurd, and I loved it. Then we get this weird call uh, about a guy who says it needs more chapstick. And this was always a strange, surreal bit for me. Mm -hmm. Because the guy is clearly saying chapstick. But they play it off on the show as if they're mishearing it. Mm -hmm. And they think he says chapstick, but they mm -hmm. mean slapstick. But no, the guy clearly on the phone call says chapstick. Yeah. So that whole thing is weird. And then it leads into this whole running joke about chapstick from this point on to the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's it's a lot in there. And I'm like, this is, okay, this is a good deal on the chapstick. <laughs> I think... <laughs> One little vignette, you know what I mean? Where we're, we're lathering it on and everyone's talking about it, great. And then someone mentions it later, sitting down, good. But I I think they kind of pushed past on that one, for me. Yeah, for me. no, it, it, it went on a little too long, the chapstick thing. And then they come to the realization, and they're like, oh, did he mean slapstick? But it's like, no, he said chapstick. So I almost, I I myself have two theories on this. One is... And this is a little, maybe a little, not fun, but the Joel and all of them behind the scenes were like, hey, can you call this number and purposely say chapstick instead of mm -hmm. slapstick so that we can write this bit about chapstick? Number two, theory number two, the guy purposely said it in hopes that they would play it on the show and then just so he can that. identify himself and and to like influence the show and it worked 
Because <laughs> that's like what that ends up theory. happening. I like. The I do too. One. I do too. Because it's less mean. Um, cause it, but it's just so weird. Like, cause the but guy is would, clearly saying chapstick. If they did that though, maybe that's why all of a sudden there's these writing credits. Because outside of the vignettes or the skits in between watching the film, there's not a lot of writing. You could technically yeah. say that the riffing they're doing is writing and delivering in real time. Okay, so the words yeah. that they have written are their own and hence they would be the writers. So that I get. But I think with the skits and then if one or two of the calls is from, you know, in studio at first, you know what I mean, to get it drummed up and going and everything, then I could totally see there being writers. I do believe the first two calls are genuine calls from people that were watching the show. I do 100% think those were real. It's that third one. I think that's a real guy, too. I do think that's a a real person. No, because, you know, because it's been... uh, noted in like the like online writing about this episode and stuff that he's like the first MST fan mm-hmm. the fact that he went so crazy and he called yeah. this number and he was like more 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 um but uh so i think those are real i'm a little iffy on the chapstick one but um i think this call thing and this is me trying to remember does reappear for a bit like okay at least during the gamma runs i think they do go back to these phone calls okay, okay. um they will eventually veer off of that and go into a different way to address the viewers mm-hmm. but that'll be down the road um but overall has an episode now this whole episode it's not bad no i wouldn't say it's bad i would um, say it's fine it's if I if I had to, okay. If the other episodes did not exist, mm-hmm. I definitely would have started you on this one. Okay, I would have had to have explained a few things, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this would have been the one I would have started you. I think this is a good starting point. If those I other ones didn't too. exist, if yeah. you know you want to get into it and you want to do the whole history like I'm doing with you, the whole history mm-hmm. of the show, I think start here. Um, I've gotten some flack from people who are like, why are you making your friend who's never seen the show watch the lowest point of the show? And I said to them, because I want him to grow with the show. I want you, Nick, to... Which makes sense. I want you to discover the roots before we get to the tree. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. And there's a lot of shows like that, too. Like, if you look at a series, and I I, I was thinking of this while I was watching it. I'm watching, I'm like... You know, it's not the best, but it's not terrible because Mm -hmm. some programs like Breaking Bad, the first season of Breaking Bad is horrendous. It's awful. (laughs) But if you can push through it and get to that second season, that's when things really start taking off and the show realizes its its potential and comes into it. And I feel like that's kind of what it is with this show. They're still figuring things out. They're trying out and seeing what they like, what they don't like. But then eventually there's going to be that one episode and we, I might not realize it in the moment, but a couple episodes down, I might be able to look back and go, oh, this was the episode that changed everything. Mm-hmm. And then they started doing it this way and that way, like officially kind of. So if someone wants to do kind of what we're doing and do the whole history of MST3K um, and you don't have access, I will say skip the first two. Those marionette movies are really rough. <laughs> like That's not great. And the riffing is very sparse. It's 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 really not great. You could honestly, seriously skip those. And I'm mm. saying that has the hardest core fan of this show. You can skip those first two. I just had you watch those, Nick, just so you have a basis of history. <laughs> I would have normally, I normally would have just had you skip over them and just jump right into here. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm glad to. So now you kind of know the lowest lowest point. We're kind of ramping up to where I think it starts getting better mm-hmm. in this era. Um, the more of these that they make, the better it's going to get. It's going to get course. very. It's very gradual. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some stinkers coming up, and then they'll eventually hit their stride, and then they take off. Yeah. Um, but I would start people with this one. So, mm-hmm. um, and it is on YouTube. This whole episode is on YouTube. I think there's a few different versions. I just found one, and gave it to Nick to watch. Um, 
I have every episode on a flash drive, so I just watched that. Wow. And I'm going to have to actually draw from that to send you the episodes because there's some that are can't be found elsewhere. So That's kind of cool, <clears> though. So I'll, I'm going to have to give you some of these, these files. But <laughs> uh, what did you think? I'm doing all the talking. I'm sorry. What did you think overall as the episode? Overall, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I, I like that the riffs started to pick up, and I do like the diversity in riffs. I enjoy a good callback bit or something that kind of pops up, but it's not like they're leaning on the same types of jokes. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not like there's a formula where, like, Joel does a setup and then Servo does, like, a false punchline, but then here comes Crow with the actual punchline. It's okay. not like they have anything like that. It feels very natural and very dynamic, which is what I uh, really like. And just some of their pop culture references... Yeah. I, I get them because of, you know, just everything that I've consumed. But so, it's weird how, um, not of the time, but just how, I'm sure when they did their, when they would pull, like, they do a Bob Hope reference. Yes. I'm sure that when people first started it, they were, like, losing it because they were like, oh, my God, <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah. And I could see yeah. how watching it in 2023, someone would be like, who the hell's Bob Hope? Like, <laughs> yeah. The Road 2 movies? And even then, saying the Road 2 movies, <laughs> no one, hardly anyone knows those? what I'm talking about. Nobody <laughs> yeah. does. Um, and I, I also like how they're just approaching the riffing because – in the previous two episodes, the film would start, and then eventually they would kind of come in. But now they were in and seated before the credits, yeah. and all three of them started at once. And it yep. wasn't like one popped in and then the other. So just already seeing the growth and the change over the three episodes is really, really cool. Okay. I agree with everything you said. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So this is this is a decent episode. I, I'm going to tell people to go watch this one. So there you go. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, unless you have something else to add that, you know, you didn't get to, you need to throw in really quick. Um, um I, I got everything I was going to talk about. Um, no, I, I, I hit all, all of my notes. Awesome. So that is it for episode K04, Gamera versus Baragon. Next week, we get to see the origin story, if you will, of Gamera. Nice. We're going to watch the first Gamera movie. Uh, as we take a look at the fifth episode of uh, MST3K, simply just called Gamera. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for listening to this. Thank you guys all very much. We appreciate it. Uh, if you like this show, go to rabbitholepodcast.com. Go check out all the other episodes of this show. And while you're there, go check out other podcasts that we got over on rabbitholepodcast.com. Nick co-hosts another show called Lyrical Innuendo, mm -hmm. uh, but with our friend Bubba Wheat, uh, they talk about a song each episode, and they try to decipher the lyrics, mostly to discover if it's about sex. Which most um, of the time it is. But. <laughs> but then sometimes they come across a theory like, hey, did you know this one song is about doom that nobody yeah. fucking knew? <laughs> yeah. Go check that out. That was an amazing episode. And just being blown away the whole time to where, like, I'm, during, even during the episode, I'm like, I should be talking right now, but I'm so blown away and fascinated. <laughs> so go check out Lyrical Anyone, though. It's a great show. We have all kinds of shows, movies, TV shows, book club, got a book club there's um a comedy show where i just talk nonsense for an hour and a half all kinds of cool stuff over at rabbitholepodcast.com nick thank you so much for being my co-host in this uh i appreciate you. you as always thank you man i appreciate you uh that's gonna do it for us um we'll see you in the not too distant future Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbitholepodcasts.com.